We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Many years ago, this candle blessed our family with a miracle. Our house, our casita, came to life with magic. Hola, casita. Floors! Drawers! Let's go! In time, every member of our family... Cecilia, up top! ...was given their own magical gift. Super strong like Luisa. The donkey's got out again. On it! Oh. Or effortlessly perfect like Senorita Perfecta Isabella. But Mama, why am I the only one that didn't get a gift? You're just as special as anyone else in this family. You just healed my hand with an arepa con queso. Danger. We gotta get out of here! We must protect our home. We must protect our family. This is my chance. I will save the magic. Wait, how do I save the magic? I'm losing my gift! Mirabel, the fate of the family is gonna come down to you. I can't do this. Let me help you. The rats told me everything. Don't eat those. Even in our darkest moments, there's light where you least expect it. A lot of stairs. But at least I'll have a friend. Nope, you flew away immediately. For this week's bonus episode, we dive headfirst into Disney animation with their latest release known as Encanto. Yes, Encanto. Get a little Latin flavor here on this episode. Shout out to my dad's side of the family. It is directed by Byron Howard and Jared Bush. Byron Howard of Tangled and Zootopia. And he also did a movie called Bolt. Uh, Those are his entrance into the Disney universe before this movie. Um, It is starring Stephanie Beatrice, John Leguizamo, Maria Cecilia Bortero, Wilmer Valderrama, 
uh, Diane Guerrero, Jessica Darrow, Angie Cepeda, Adasa, Maria Cast- Moro Castillo. I am butchering all of these names. I apologize now to my dad's side of the family. A plethora of other Latin voice actors for this movie. Uh, it is composed by a man named Jermaine Franco, but the songs for this musical, this Disney animated musical, are by Lin-Manuel Miranda, his second time collaborating with Disney after Moana in 2016. So the story is as follows. The tale of an extraordinary family, the Magicals, who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in a magical house in a vibrant town in a wondrous, charmed place called an Encanto. The magic of the Encanto has blessed every child in the family with a unique gift from super strength to the power to heal every child except one, Mirabel, played by Stephanie Beatrice. But when she discovers that the magic surrounding the Encanto is in danger, Mirabel decides that she, the only ordinary magical, might just be her exceptional family's last hope. That is a complicated story, Oz. And maybe just theater experience I had will have something to do with my thoughts and my view of the movie. But I'm wondering for you... And I'm going to assume you saw this with your kids. Um, were they able to follow this? Like, I know we said last week during the Toy Story episode that like animated movies are not just for kids. But even I got a little confused by some of the plot details throughout the movie. Um, but I will ask you, what did you think of Encanto? And I, I guess specifically, were your kids able to follow a complicated story like this? I, I'm not sure. Look, my, my son's three and a half. And I'm not sure that he ever picks up on all the particular you know, plot details in anything that we watch. It's much more like broad emotional strokes. And I can say mm-hmm. that in the broad emotional strokes, he, he, it very much clicked for him. He, he cried at the parts where you would expect one to, to cry or feel emotions. He was laughing at the right parts. And, and I think it, it did something smart. There are a lot of characters in this movie and the plotting, as you say, is, is fairly complex or at least rooted in, some form of, you know, mythology that I, I have no familiarity with. I'm not sure if it's anything beyond, you know, something that, that the writers have come up with. But uh, what it does do is it ties in the archetype, the archetypical nature of these characters into the conventional superhero narrative that we're all very comfortable with. And there's a shorthand of person that hears really well that we all get or person that has magical healing food that we all get that especially I think little kids are very attuned to because my kid has grown up in a world where he's known nothing but superhero bullshit all around him. And I think most kids who are under the age of, say, 12 have grown up in a world where superhero bullshit is the form, the preeminent form of entertainment. And I think that shorthand actually resonates to kids more than it does to adults. So I just flatly had a different theater experience than you did. Um, shout out to my significant other who was not able to go see this movie with me. So I was the weirdo sitting by himself in a hoodie in a theater full of uh, parents with their kids. Um, and now you're on a list. Yes, it's and fine. now my picture's up in the lobby. Uh, I didn't see the kids that I was around engaged with the movie. So I don't know if it's fair to 
to knock the movie as a as a story because as you mentioned it's complex and i i was i was looking through the lens of them like is this is working for them then it's definitely working like, like i know we said this isn't for for just for kids but i personally was also getting like a little lost in the through line of like what the story was supposed to be having said all of that i like it's Disney. The animation looks incredible. Um, the the music's Lynn, so you know it's going to be quality. And look, I'll just like flatly say it: we don't talk about Bruno is a banger, and yeah. it immediately went on to my uh, liked songs playlist once I left the theater. I uh, I think it's the only one I would take away, and I think as a whole, I personally would put this in a in a lower tier for Disney, but. Uh, of one of the higher tiers like there's like a tier above this that where i have Encanto, where i put like moana and tangled and and some of the other things um but it sounds like sounds like it worked for you a little more so Oz, I'll, I'll give you the floor what did what did you want to talk about or, or highlight about Encanto? so i, I want to talk about the animation first because it's 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 almost unbelievable how good it is. And it's a bummer that so many of the people that see this movie are eventually going to see it on Disney plus because I think it's coming out right before Christmas also. So they're kind of shoehorning it in to try to drive the subscribers. It is unbelievably beautiful. The water effects, which are just throwaway. It's not even a movie about like water things like frozen or something like that. Uh, it, they're just nonchalant in the background, look better than anything I've ever seen in any other animated movie. I, I saw sing Two which comes out at Christmas the day after I saw the day after I saw Encanto and to see the the difference in quality of these two movies with approximately the same budget and to see how Encanto is this beautiful colorful lush fully realized world and Sing 2 looks you know comparatively like a video game cutscene when in reality it's really technically impressive its universe is better than say Toy Story um it's really just the the artistry on display here, the craftsmanship. To the extent there's there's cinematography in animated film, this is as as good as I've ever seen, and as beautiful an animated movie as I've ever seen. And it's always it's always moving. It, it's mm-hmm. easier in computer animated movie than than in a conventional one. But you'll notice the the backgrounds are are fairly staid. Things aren't really moving in this. There's always a tree branch moving. There's, you know, little dust things moving across the floor. There's little shimmers in the light. The, the Frankly, maybe it's just a question of raw processing power, but the processing power, the artistry on display here in the way that they've crafted it is is genuinely very, very impressive. Uh, I'm I'm totally with you on, on We Don't Talk About Bruno, but I would add that surface pressure is really fucking good hmm. also. And, okay. has got, and has gotten nearly as much... Uh, airplay in our house since we saw it see this is where we've done the whole artist subjective thing with movies since we started this pod oz um artist subjective when it comes to music as well there are just people that have different tastes uh i have surface pressure down as a skip in fact i i in the theater thought i was like okay this is this is just not for me but i'm, I'm sure there are people that like this and i in going through the soundtrack, I've skipped it as well, but I'm, I'm glad someone else got something out of it that I didn't. What I appreciated is that uh, there's been a little bit of a tendency in Lynn Manuel's work that some of the uh, songs come out sameish to stuff that we've heard before. So Vivo, which came out over the summer mm-hmm. on Netflix, it was originally going to be theatrical, but they sold it. That so- the soundtrack to that movie sounds like a whole bunch of songs that are like 
you know, shoddy remixes of stuff from Hamilton. Like the music is the same. The themes are the same. The through lines are the same. And it's just not, it, it's just not top tier work, even though there's still some, some good stuff in there here. It feels like he's, he's sort of stretching in a different direction. And for me, I, I found it all very, very effective. The, the song that I think they're going to be pushing is Dos Orugitas. Oh boy, are my Spanish pronunciations not good. Don't don't take Latin and German in high school and then have to do a movie called Encanto uh, on your on your podcast. Encanto, Bernardo. But, uh, Just pretend you're doing an accent in House of Gucci. That's that. Who knows what? Yeah, <laughs> come up with that. Um, I, I th- that's I think that's a good song too, and it also shows a, a sort of stretch into uh, like a a more pure love ballad that I don't think Lynn has really done before. And I think it's an interesting, and frankly, sort of brave creative choice by Disney to put the heart, the song that is the heart of this movie entirely in Spanish. No, no subtitles, no nothing. It is just a song in Spanish, which fits, fits perfectly. The, the themes of the movie, the, the singer who I, I gather, but I, I can't say I actually know is a some sort of Colombian pop star. Uh, but it is a, um, I, I think it's a very, very impressive, um, impressive song choice. And, and as to the the plot, I, I hear you. It is, it is sort of overcomplicated. It does have a, an in, sort of Incredibles thing mixed in of this family of supers. Uh, but I think the, the overall themes, the overall through line of, not just the the importance of family, but the importance of of appreciating the things around you are, are are well are well delivered here. For me, this is this is it's hard to say after seeing it once and and having been subjected to Frozen like six hundred times. This might be my favorite of the Disney CGI era animated wow. movies. I was I was not expecting it to go that high for you. Wow. Yeah, I think it's I, I definitely I'm just trying to think through them. I, I definitely like it better than the bad ones like Bolt and Meet the Robinsons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like it better than like it better than Frozen. I like it better than the Ralph movies. And then Frozen One and Tangled are where I get and Moana are where I get a little caught up. And I, I think I think I like it a hair more. Now I need to I just need to see how it survives the parent torture. Yeah, test. So it's like Mo- <laughs> Moana is very strong on the parent torture test. Like some of the, uh, okay. the sly jokes for adults play strong on viewing eighty seven. So I, I think to to truly place this movie, I need I need the waterboarding of after it's up on Disney Plus. But uh, based on a first showing, I, I feel I, I feel about as strong about Encanto as I have about any of the modern Disney non Pixar output. That. Is a take okay? Um, am I am I alone on I, am I alone on this mountain on this podcast? You're alone. Um. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I flatly just need to see this movie again, I think, because I... Like it's gonna be on Disney Plus, and it's gonna stink that that's the way I rewatch it. But I might have just been in, and my theater experience might have ruined it a little bit for me because I don't, I don't think I walked away with anything memorable or remarkable. There's no, like, Let It Go has the or Frozen has the Let It Go scene, and Moana even has multiple moments that I go back to, and like, You're Welcome's also. I'm biased because of how big of a. I know he's red noticed from our podcast. Red noticed. How big of a fan I am of The Rock. And like, if if you're a crossover listener here, you know when you're listening to Nick's Film School how often I put the clip from You're Welcome into the Nick's Film School podcast when John gives me a shout out. Do you know how Lynn wrote The Rock's part in that? No, how? He went back and watched old pro wrestling promos and The Rock used to do something called The Rock Concert where he would occasionally sing his promos to to shit talk his opponents. And Lynn watched those a couple of times and then wrote the song specifically around like the very limited skill set that The Rock showed in his in his pro wrestling singing time. So it's a credit to Lynn more than a credit to to the rock. Oh, and don't really, get me I, wrong. The reason I love Moana is because of Lynn Manuel Miranda. It's just a bonus that I get the rock singing one of his songs. It's a bonus that I get shiny from Jermaine Clement. Like I, I'm fully aware of why I love that movie. I just, you know, I'm able to, you know, cross off a couple of other boxes while I enjoy it. And I, I just, personally didn't get that here maybe on a rewatch it'll be different but i'm glad one of us on this podcast was able to to get something more than i did at least look and i think a lot of the humor works too i think some of the some of the the sort of broad comedic beats in say moana don't work as well as they do here i think the what they do with the bruno character uh is is surprisingly effective and quite funny and i i found the emotional payoff here far more impactful than anything that happens in those other core Disney, you know, modern Disney movies we've, we've talked about. We should shout out Zootopia, which is also good. Yeah. I just, I, I really, I really thought it worked. I obviously we, we disagree on the soundtrack. I think there's three really good songs and I think all the rest of them are strong enough. 
and and work in what's been played on repeat in my car for the last four days. So that's but, another uh, factor that I'm in the middle of a PTA binge. The music is quite different than anything in the Disney universe. And I saw this movie yesterday and nothing just personally stuck with me other than we don't talk about Bruno, which again, I immediately walked out of the theater and went right to Spotify. Maybe with time, other songs will stand out, but so far it's really just that. I think that's a little unfair to this as a movie as opposed to just a soundtrack. We're, we're, we're ranking a, we're rating a movie here. We're not rating a soundtrack. And the last song in it, I think it's called Columbia Me Encanto, or I, I, maybe it's Ola Casita. I'm not even sure which, which song it's actually called. But it's essentially a, a very smart hodgepodge of all of the other musical beats applied to each of the applicable characters to sort of close the loop on their character arcs. And I think both from a, a, a musical structure perspective, which I've been learning a lot about from my former actress wife in the wake of Sondheim's passing, uh, but the between the musical structure that's put into place there and the sort of culmination of all the musical through lines of the rest of the movie, it, it's doing something very, very smart to interplay the the character with the score in a way that isn't necessarily going to reflect as well when you you toss it on Spotify after the fact, but works far better in the actual moment of the movie. So I think of when it teases back to and kind of pays off that we don't talk about Bruno in that last song when they when they spoilers go back to the house as if that means anything <laughs> to anybody here. Uh, but when they go back to the house and it teases out the the we don't talk about Bruno along with some of the other songs throughout the the ending sequence, I found I found both creatively and emotionally uh, fulfilling in a way that I, I don't think any of these other Disney movies ever, ever manage. And I, I think you, you see it particularly, it's particularly egregious with frozen uh, where it needs an extra song at the end. And obviously those things are already nearly two hours and you need to get the fuck out of there with your kids. Cause it's a long time to be in a movie theater with small children, but it needs a song to wrap it up. Every Broadway show has a, has a song to wrap it up and kind of tie together the through lines. And I think in all of these, Disney has been afraid to do that and in this one, they do that and manage to keep this thing at like 97 blessedly short minutes. And I, I got to tell you, I maybe I'm just, I think I'm just old, but movies that are like 97 minutes are really doing it for me these days. It just makes me feel, feel very excited when I see a movie that doesn't start with a one on the runtime, uh, let alone a, you know, five or whatever the Beatles thing is. So, uh, oh, you're still watching that. Yeah. Uh, I've watched the first two parts. It's great. Okay. Um, yeah, that, I, I think it's, I think it's very, very smart in, in structure and craft here, man. Um, I, I hope that I come back and report a, a different of a difference of opinion after my second viewing. Uh, let's get to numbers. Wait, I, what did you think of that? What did you think of the short? I want to, uh, what'd you think of tree for all? I gotta be honest. I, I felt it's interesting to hear what you got out of the movie emotionally because I clearly didn't connect with it the way you did. And the short, I actually connected with that a little bit more than the rest of the movie, which is, you know, it's, you know, it can be fascinating at times. I, you know, seeing the, the sins of the father not being repeated and learning from from that and being able to change uh, the way you're going to parent. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was extremely effective compared to the movie that followed. What did you think? Uh, my, my wife 
poked me during the credits of Tree for All and was like, well, I'm guessing that fucked you up as I yeah. was as I was like cleaning the tears <laughs> from my face as someone who, who has all sorts of daddy issues to work through with his movie watching. So uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was both beautifully animated and uh, just a, a touching little story about how to improve your parenting from one generation to the next. Yeah, the the pod we did last week on Toy Story talking about the beauty of computer animation and what it's done for the industry. It, I don't think we gave enough credit, which we will do for a different movie in the future, but when it popped up and it's clear that this was hand-drawn animation, it was like, oh, this is going to be a good experience for the next 10 minutes. I'm all in. Um, okay, now let's get to numbers, and I'm going to cede the floor to you first because I'm pretty sure your number is going to be higher. It is a, a clear fire 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Okay. Wow. Will this pop up in your best of the year conversations potentially? Probably not because I have too many weird artsy movies that like 17 people have seen that are going to fill out the top of my top 10, but it, it'll certainly be in the honorable mention. And I would, I bet that this, this or Shang-Chi will be my most watched movie of 2021, like for the rest of my life. Shang-Chi is... Or Spider-Man if it's good. But no, If it's good, yes. Well, if anybody... if Well, if I get to see it, maybe we'll talk about it. Jesus. Um, I'm at a 7 out of 10, so I'm not... It sounds negative, um, but like I... I'm not, I can't call this bad. I can't say that anything I saw was, wasn't well done. You nailed it about the animation. I am overly, I'm, I'm more positive than negative about the music. I think there's just that extra oomph that I'm missing as far as connecting to this movie on an emotional level. Um, would this change any of your animation, uh, any of your Toy Story rankings, Oz? I'm going to say no, but with the caveat that I, I truly think both Surface Pressure and We Don't Talk About Bruno, both of those songs are, are legit contenders for my best animated song list. Okay. If we, if we go back to it, I, I, I'm not making the switch now, but boy, uh, on a second <laughs> viewing, I, I really, I really think We Don't Talk About Bruno is, is a good bet to to knock Tangled off the list on a future. Tangled was my five. Tangled was my five. I know, so. I know, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm like, whoa, okay. I think it was, was it my five too? It was my four. Either way. Um, obviously not for me. And this is, this is a great question, actually. Um, contenders for best animated feature at the Oscars. Is this our front runner? Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock. There's absolutely no way that this is going to lose. None. I figured. I just, I don't know the rest of the animated nominees other than uh, Luca, which came out earlier this year. Uh, I think Luca is a good bet. There's a Japanese movie called Bell that I think I'm seeing next week that has, uh, that is, um, I don't know, supposed to be quite good. Raya and the Last Dragon is in the mix. There's a, an animated documentary called Flea, which premiered all the way back. I saw it back in January at Sundance, um, which I, I think is going to be a player in animated and in best foreign film. Uh, it's an immigrant story told through told through animation. It's it's incredibly good and incredibly moving, and I would strongly recommend it. Uh, and the other one is a, is another personal favorite of mine uh, that really got me on the the daddy issues thing here. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. I thought yes, was, yes on Netflix. Yeah, I thought it was very good, and it's clear that that's the animated movie that Netflix is going to put their their might behind. So I I I, I thought Sing Two was was pretty bad. I know people like it. I, I 
didn't. I don't think I'm embargoed on any of this. Um, uh, (laughs) I thought it was bad. Really? Yeah, I I really, and maybe it was because it was a torturous screening full of children and rude film goers, Uh, but I just... It just none of the emotional beats worked for me. It felt like a like a Wikipedia version of a better story, except maybe the Bono part. But I, I cannot imagine that that's getting in. Um, yeah, I think that's those are kind of our our competitors, and it really falls off from there. Like Vivo is not not great. It's fine. Um, Boss Baby is probably like in that next tier, and that's that's pretty bad. You just reminded me about Flea because that movie, the trailers for that movie debuted when I went to see Pig in the city, the Nicolas Cage movie. And it was like, oh, I want to see that. And then completely out of sight, out of mind, forgot that it exists because it hasn't been marketed as well. So thank you, Oz, for reminding me about Flea. Uh, Okay. Oz, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Follow me at Oz on Movies on Twitter. Go to theinventionofdreams.com and listen to our next bonus episodes for Tick, Tick, Boom. And uh, once the embargo lifts, don't look up. They, I'm, I'm about to ask you off air when that embargo lifts because I was this, this close, to, December this close 7th. To, to putting my my letterbox grade that I saw nobody else did. I was like, oh, yeah, no, no grade. Yeah, I cannot put a grade yet. So, um, but I uh, guess on December 7th you'll get to hear our thoughts on that movie. I think we're allowed a like one tweet social media reaction, which I'm just not going to do. And then December se- December 7th and I think seven Eastern, we're allowed to share our thoughts. Okay, well that's when you get to hear our thoughts on uh, on that movie. You can refresh this channel though and check out our thoughts on tick tick boom but thank you for listening as always and tune in next time for another final review we don't talk about bruno no 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 we don't talk about bruno but it was my wedding day it was my wedding day. we were getting ready and there wasn't a cloud in the sky Bruno says it looks like rain. Why's it keep telling? In doing so, he floods my brain. I will like the umbrella. In a hurricane. What a joy you stay, but anyway, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. Hey, could not live in fear when I stuttering or stumbling? I can always hear him sort of muttering and mumbling. I associate him with the sound. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com.
That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.